Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinhardt. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Alexey Balaganski, lead analyst with Kupinger Coal, focus on cybersecurity and all the topics around that. Hi, Alexey. Great to have you again. Hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you. And it's really important that we continue our conversation that we started two weeks ago, where we talked about awareness regarding risk and risk in um, cybersecurity architectures. We talked about cyber supply chain risk management and about uh, secure software development. And we ended up with talking about the proper tools and having them in place. And what you've mentioned as a final thought, actually using them according to proper strategies. I want to start with that again. Um, what is your approach towards having proper policies in place and implementing that? Well, first of all, just let me quickly remind to our listeners that we were talking about that uh, dreaded uh, SoloWinds uh, scandal, which is by now, I would say, two months in, in the past, if not longer. And it's probably still uh, being pretty hotly discussed uh, among uh, cybersecurity specialists and forensic analysts. And they are still uncovering new details, uh, which is, of course, for us, uh, is extremely important and interesting. But uh, we ended up last time uh, on a slightly negative note, kind of muting about that all this, uh, while still exciting to us, as experts, is probably not that relevant anymore for the general public. The general public is usually uh, not looking for technical details. They look for solutions to their burning problems, right? Well, those companies which actually understand that their problems are, in fact, risks and has to have to be treated as such are not the majority. Uh, the majority of those companies usually are just looking for simple answers and at best they are already armed with a cybersecurity hammer and they're looking for nails right as you mentioned uh, in the last uh, discussion though that the term of uh, the cargo cult of cybersecurity you've discussed it earlier but it's even that thing when our companies basically buy their security tools put them on the shelf and believe that they are safe from threats and their risks have been mitigated so that's cargo cult of cybersecurity. The problem is that uh, what we observe now is even the worst scenario of lack of basic understanding of even the lowest and primitive cybersecurity hygiene rules. And the reason I decided to talk about it today in that uh, interesting story uh, published uh, in the beginning of January about Ticketmaster. I'm not sure if you remember, it's a really old story. Uh, in a few words, the gist is that a few years ago, in like 2013 or 14, a person came to Ticketmaster from a competitor company. And that person brought with them a massive database of uh, stolen user accounts and passwords. And for years, Ticketmaster employees used to go to the information systems of that competitor, unnamed company in the same business, and they basically stole their customer data, observed their business strategies, had all their numbers, and apparently, according to some publications, basically discussing in business meetings how they better use this information to drive their competitors from their market. And when I read about it, I understood, yeah, it's an old story. It's by far 
overshadowed by solar winds and other crazy, sophisticated, interesting things happening at the same time. But it actually indicates the overall state of IT security in the world much better than solar winds. What should organizations then take away from this old incident in comparison to what's going on? And what is a pattern that remains the same? Where have things really not changed? Well, I believe it's not the, the end users. It's not the organizations that have to think about it really hard. It's us. And by us, I mean analysts, uh, the technical press, uh, the vendors, the cybersecurity experts, basically those people who are driving the industry nowadays. The problem is that uh, our industry is driven by hype and buzzwords. Again, uh, for two months, people have been talking about the SolarWind scandal, which is pretty sophisticated. And it's really interesting and hot and has political implications in it and all that stuff. But it does not absolutely represent uh, the typical daily job of a security analyst, right? Things like, like Sorbins happen once in a few years. Things like Ticketmaster happen daily. So maybe, just maybe, we analysts have to leave our ivory towers for a day and go talk to the, those poor small businesses which have no proper trained IT teams and security specialists and understand their daily needs and maybe just maybe a little bit focus on those instead. Things have changed also in the area of the actual companies providing IT services. If we think back, say, 15 years or so, then the organizations that were doing IT and maybe even customer-facing IT, or at least IT that was under massive threats right? because being exposed to public networks, etc. These were organizations that were, as you described, they had most probably a proper IT security team that at least partially was in the situation to deal with these threats. Today, many organizations are startups, are organizations that are in this ubiquitous um, digital transformation process. They have never been uh, facing these risks before. They most probably don't even know of all of them or many of them. And they are actually in the situation that they are facing new challenges. What can then the industry, the analyst, uh, the consulting companies, the system integrators actually do for them? Should they provide more best practices? Should they take the security in their hand as being some kind of cybersecurity managed service providers? What are the ways to move forward rather than just throwing a box with security software over the fence and let, letting them deal with it no matter if they are able to do so or not? Well, if there is one thing that the SolarWinds incident has taught us, that even the greatest and biggest experts in cybersecurity can fail. I mean, SolarWinds itself is a major software development company and other victims of that scandal included like FireEye and Microsoft, like major security vendors themselves, right? Unfortunately, we as an industry tend to focus on those exciting high-profile cases. Instead, I believe we have to focus more on the, on the long tail, if you will. And forgive me for crude analogy, but it really reminds me of this whole idea of herd immunity and vaccines for COVID, which are still underway. So the problem is that uh, if you only uh, fix individual problems like SolarWinds or FireEye or Microsoft being hacked, 
you are not increasing the overall level of security of the society as a whole, right? You have to start much, much lower with the lowest common denominator. Because without that, uh, without fixing those smaller companies, which are still living in the stone age of cybersecurity, if you will, you are not raising that level of herd immunity nearly enough. And only when we raise that level, we can actually start thinking about preventing botnets from spreading or ransomware. Because those are exactly the types of malware which depend on having a huge substrate for spreading. So yeah, absolutely, we as an industry have to completely kind of refocus our development and marketing and uh, raising awareness strategies. The question is like, what should be the proper driver behind it? Because there is no money in it at the moment. So the question is, should it be the government? Yeah, I think um, government is an important starting point because when I think back to my early days here at Kupinger Coal, one important message that we were trying to, to convey and to spread and to raise awareness was the topic of the GDPR um, being um, just at the horizon at, at that moment. And we really wanted to make sure that organizations understand their duties and also their benefits that they gained from being compliant with this really, really harsh regulation, which, which made many organizations invest heavily into something they would otherwise not have done. That is the protection of, of PII, of personally identifiable information or just personal data. Uh, that was really something that, that could only be forced from the outside. And each and every one of us, you and I as customers, as employees, as citizens, are now really benefiting from a higher level of privacy, of security, of governance of our personal data. I think that should be um, at least an example to look at when it comes to protecting any other kind of data and having the right measures in place. Well, Matthias, you're absolutely right comparing to GDPR, because it really it took uh, the companies, the organizations in the world, or at least here in the European Union, the very tangible risk of losing 20 million euros uh, as a GDPR fine to actually kind of sit up and start taking notice that they actually have to invest into this very specific area of protecting very specific subset of their business information. The question is what threat, what risk does a government should uh, hang upon an organization for them to start investing in their basic cybersecurity hygiene? Right, so if we look at the areas of vendors. I mentioned that earlier in that episode. Do you think that this is also something that could be a business model so that external vendors, integrators, uh, managed service providers um, do that on behalf of their customers, which is then the end user corporation providing services towards their, their own customers. Is this something that can be made much easier for the organization in general when your provider, your vendor does that for you, at least on behalf partially and The missing link then is raising awareness, having training and teaching by best practices. Would that be something where there's money in? This absolutely has to be uh, led by the business because we are living in a capitalist society. Unless there is money in something, uh, nobody will move their finger, right? And or we have some pretty successful examples of whole industries created uh, by uh, combining this kind of punishment and reward. But it, it has to be a combined effort 
from the governments uh, on one hand, kind of issuing the regulations uh, from the businesses on the other hand, uh, promoting uh, their solutions. And of course, us uh, and the press kind of the independent uh, source of information and again, awareness and guidance. So it has to be a, a combined effort. And then again, the problem is that, well, going back to this whole uh, Ticketmaster incident, that company, which is of course unnamed, has obviously uh, had massive cybersecurity problems. I mean, if an employee which has left the company was able to use their old uh, credentials, their old password for years unnoticed, which means that they had absolutely no uh, identity management processes in place, so that when he left, his account was not disabled. They had absolutely no uh, intrusion monitoring in place, so his uh, continued logins were not monitored, detected. And of course, they had probably absolutely no tools or processes in place to uh, watch the market and look for threat intelligence, indicating that some of their data is being leaked. And all those tools, they have existed uh, for, for decades. I mean, we have very successful standard-based solutions for multi-factor security. The FIDO Alliance, for example, offers a broad range of uh, solutions and hardware tools and software and guidance to implement it. The question is like, why hasn't that company adopted those solutions? What had to be that final push for them to even realize that those solutions already exist? Exactly. And not, usually when we close down our episodes, we give some recommendations on some good reading that we provide. I think this time we should do it somewhat differently. We should end up this, this episode with this food for thought that you have given us on the one hand for the individual organization rethinking their own risk management approach, their own security architecture, their own way of judging the business in comparison to, to threats. And on the other hand, um, food for thought for the for the cybersecurity industry, for us as analysts, for the, as I said, system integrators, consultants, managed service providers, to use this real opportunity to increase and to improve the security posture for many organizations by building security into their services, ideally by making sure that this security by design that you mentioned um, is really also built into their services as many organizations are more and more providing services from the cloud as a service pre-built and pre-secured. And maybe um, that is creating some business opportunity on the one hand and increasing the cybersecurity posture for all organizations and by that benefiting all of us as end users and as customers and as citizens. So this food for thought is maybe something that I take with me for today because I think there's money in that and there's really opportunity in that. Do you agree? Yeah, that's that's exactly the biggest problem. There is uh, opportunity, there is money, there is uh, a potential for some really interesting uh, government-led uh, developments, which would I would even argue be mutually beneficial for both us as a public and politicians themselves. And yet nothing is happening because all those drivers and opportunities are siloed. They are not connected to each other. People just are unaware that they can successfully collaborate on this. And I'm not even sure where to start, but someone or something has to give this initial push for all these kind of parties to finally 
start noticing each other and talking and collaborating. Who would be that final push? No idea. I would really love to know that. But any one of us can start with their own initiative. And I think that's a great point in that episode to close down and to leave the audience with these, um, for me, very challenging um, thoughts. Thank you, Alexei, for being my guest today and for elaborating on these topics even more. And we will continue that discussion because there is more to come. Um, we have lots to follow up um, in the aftermath of the solar winds incident and um, in preparation for most probably and hopefully more secure and safe 2021. Thanks again, Alexei. Oh, thank you, Matthias. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.